Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. Bonjour. Welcome back to another episode with the one two guys it's the one, the one two. guys but we're the one two guys one two one two how are you mr hayden roth uh i am good i'm good i'm still nursing a really frustrating injury which is not ideal in the slightest but we done uh you know about three weeks ago maybe it's even longer than that like four weeks ago i jarred my neck or i've got i've basically got a trapped nerve that's like impinging in uh i think it's I can't remember C something. I can't remember which one it is, but basically I've got a trapped nerve (laughs) and it's basically stemmed from an old car crash years ago, but it's really, really bad at the moment. And like I'll go through a week where it's feeling much better and then I'll go for a week where it's okay. I haven't been to the gym for three weeks. I literally can't, can't do anything. Well, to start the podcast off on a positive note, (laughs) Titan's broke. (laughs) Yeah, it's frustrating when you have injuries, isn't it? It, it, When you have injuries, it really does put, it just puts a damper on you because you ultimately can't, like, you know, you can't go to the gym, you can't do that. You you lose motivation because of, you can't do things that you want to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, as well, I'm past, like, opening, honestly, when I first came into, like, the fitness industry and I started, like, exercising and stuff, it was 100%, like, vanity, aesthetics, you know, thinking that that's what girls wanted um, from guys. I'm way past that point now. I, I literally like physically, I don't like, I, I don't exercise for the aesthetics. I don't really care. Yeah, um, neither. Hundred <laughs> percent, not true. <laughs> Started um, when I was twenty. Still at the age of thirty-three, I'm still thirteen years deep into trying to look as good as possible, and it's still <laughs> not working. But yeah, it's it's me. Like the biggest thing for me is just like. My, like even Sophie's like Jesus she's like you're just so miserable at the moment because I, I just can't I can't do anything it has such an impact on my mood and that's why I love exercise the most it's literally just like a mental health thing because it's mm. what I find I know this isn't in relation to like the topic of the podcast but one of the things that I really struggle with the most is because I train every day at I, I, I get into the gym at like quarter to six like six o'clock it sets the tone for the rest of my day. Yeah. And because I've not got that at the moment, I don't feel like the tone is set every single day, which is making it really, really hard for me to physically go and set that tone. So there's loads of small things, like as a byproduct of not exercising. And this is like, it's, it's something that I don't think a lot of people talk about. It's like, for me, I what here's my normal routine, right? I exercise, I come back from the gym, get in the shower, I'm usually at, at my desk depending on who's walking the dog. But I'm using my desk by about half seven, about half seven, quarter to eight. I then do half an hour of like prepping, reading, um, and just setting the diary. And I'm always fully starting by eight o'clock, like at the absolute latest, but always fully starting work. And that routine really, really sets me up for the whole day. I'm more likely to have a more nutritious breakfast. I'm more likely 
to have a more nutritious lunch. But because at the moment, what's happening, right? I'm not exercising as much. And because I'm my, my sleep is so broken, because every time I turn over, I'm in pain because of my neck, that I'm getting really broken sleep, which means I'm now getting up later than I normally would at half six. Yeah. And... I'm not walking the dog as much at the moment because I can't pull, like Bodhi pulls really bad and it obviously like jars my neck. So I'm not walking the dog as much. So everything is then thrown out. It's a power of routine. Power of routine is like, and it's just, and you think about it, it's one small thing that I'm doing in my day that is literally setting my whole day up for success. Once that one small key bit's missing, it's so much harder. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a lot like obviously like when we had a kid. It then I couldn't like getting up five and going to thing at first just didn't do it. Whereas what I now kind of have realised is like actually I don't now set an alarm all the time. It depends like almost it depends how how Penelope is. If she's okay, I'll set an alarm for like five half five get up go for a walk and do all my normal stuff. If not, sometimes I might let my other half lay in. So I'm like, okay, so what I'll do first is I'll get up and then I'll do, I'll read my book while sitting with her and downstairs. And then I'll do my stretching while she's eating breakfast. I literally just roll the yoga mat out behind her and stretch. Because if I do it when she's around, she literally like jumps on my head, jumps on my back. It's the most annoying thing in the world. She literally <laughs> is like jumping on my head. Um, so you have to think. But the thing is, I remember at first, is that if I couldn't do it in the order that I wanted to and how I wanted to do it, I ended up not doing any of it. Because it yeah. almost then just like, it was, it was this, you know, it's just this all or nothing, I suppose, a little bit. And then I was like, oh, well, if I can't do it in the perfect order, I want to do it. And then just everything was thrown out. Then I just didn't have a routine. And now I've kind of gotten to think of actually, you know what? I just have to be more flexible given the environment, given some days, you know, I will, some days I won't wake up until like half six, quarter past six, but that's because we've had an awful night. So now I just like almost allow my body just to wake up when it does want to wake up. If I know that she's okay, she's not teething, she's been sleeping all right, I'll set my alarm and get up early and go for what first thing. It's all about kind of understanding, isn't it, your environment and just accepting like sometimes, you know what, this is what I've got to deal with. And, but it is hard, isn't it? When you want like, but I want to be able to do this. I want to get up and go to the gym. But when you can't do it, it then just, it does throw you off. And it does, especially when you start the day, like every time that I get up and if it is a day when I'm like, set my alarm for like five or half five, get up, go for a walk, come back, do my stretches, eat my breakfast, read my book, have a cold shower, go gym. The rest of the day will be so productive, so unbelievably productive. Whereas the days that I don't, and everything's a little bit slower. Maybe got up, Penelope was up all night. I'm up at like, you know, quarter to five with Penelope sitting downstairs watching like Bluey Kids Show. You then find that like, they're the days when I'm working till like nine because I'm just not as productive and everything just takes that little bit longer. Yeah. And you're like, oh God. So anyway, 100%. story of Balamori, it's like six minutes 30 in. So today's topic is why women struggle with a lack of self-belief when it comes to weight loss. I did a little presentation into our coaching academy uh, the other day and the women found it really really helpful insightful and relatable and i'm probably going to record this and give it away as a training but first and foremost we thought well, why not jump on a topic here on the podcast and talk depth about self-belief a lack of self-belief and why we struggle when it comes to weight loss self-belief is is something that we all lack I think in areas don't you you know I think everyone in at some point in their life has lacked a self-belief of belief of being able to achieve something and weight loss I think has a lot of things gunning for it as to why you lack self-belief and I think it's probably quite 
a relatively like accepted thing. Like you lack self-belief for quite a lot of reasonable like reasons, right? But so what we want to do and what a lot of people do is we lack self-belief when it comes to weight loss for the reasons that we're going to talk about, but we never know how to overcome it. And there's never any practice like, oh, I've just got to believe myself. And it's like, well, just saying I've got to believe myself and not actually doing anything about it and hoping it comes to fruition or changes is I think where a lot of women go wrong is that, oh, I just don't believe I can achieve it. And that's it. It's almost this identity that we place upon ourselves that I can't achieve it and therefore it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, well, when it comes to weight loss, first and simple, like you've got to understand that like you have to believe that you can achieve it because otherwise it impacts your ability to make decisions around food, exercise, the effort you put in. And ultimately it's going to boil down to your success. If you don't believe that you can achieve this, you literally won't be successful because when times come up, when you aren't motivated or when you've got to make decisions, if you don't believe you're going to achieve it and there comes a when push comes to shove, you're going to make the decision for you not achieving it because that is what you believe, right? You don't believe it's achievable anyway. So what's the point? It's almost like a self-fulfilling it- loop though, isn't it? It's like, so this is one of the things that I see. So so we used to run, um, we haven't run one in a very long time. We used to run five-day challenges and the everyone came into the five-day challenge, right? I'm going to lose like five, 10 pounds or it was always about a weight loss. However, people didn't really actually realize the reason that we did that five-day challenge was all because of instilling the belief that you can succeed in something if you put your mind to it. But what happens, and we see so many people do this, is where if their belief system isn't there, that they don't physically believe that they can do it, well, what happens is they tell themselves straight away, they're like, oh, well, another uh, another failed dieting attempt. Like, I knew I was going to fail in the first place. There's no point continuing. And you actively then like self-sabotage your own success through doing it because you're like, well, you know, I knew that I was never going to succeed anyway because that self-belief issue in the back of your head, which means it's very, very easy for you to then just turn to your normal habits and routine because you've given yourself an out. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and that's it, isn't it? And and it's like all the, like, and like, this is the thing when it comes to like, like, that it's like a part of you is comfortable being where you are as well. Mm. So that's why you're talking about change. And when it comes to self-belief kind of just, you know, we, we've got points here to talk about. So when it comes to self-belief, the, the issue isn't always on you. It's actually from outside of it, social societal pressures and media influence are huge. We all know this and unrealistic standards, right? Those are literally the three cruxes. Social pressures, right? We're pressured to look a certain way, to be a certain way. We're given this ideology and it's quite comical really because ultimately the the social pressures in the media, like social media, the way that's produced this like perfect body. If we look back in time, right, Hayden, these bodies were bodies of superheroes, which are ultimately people that aren't human. But now we've kind of changed and shifted to be like, oh, these superhuman bodies, which, you know, everyone's like, oh, they look like that because they're superhumans, have now been put forward as being like, nah, everyone should look like this. Like, if you want to get laid, you want to get a partner, you want to get a job, you want to do well in life, you've got to look like this. And you're like, hold on, at one point, it wasn't seen as attainable. That's why superheroes were like that. But I think that's also then what's come from it, isn't it, right? Superheroes were always big guys, jack abs, the women were toned, lean physiques. And I think that's where now everyone, everyone wants to be a superhero, right? And I think that's ultimately from, you know, back in the day, you see the people that like, you know, used to have 
I'm talking old, old ages, like in um, like circuses, right? You'd see those big like muscle men or muscle women lifting those dumbbells with the balls on the end, right? <laughs> and ultimately there were very minimal people that looked like that, right? That's why they were like that. But now so many people do look like that because we have gyms, we have fitness, the ability to train. And then they were obviously portrayed as superheroes. But now I think because some people can look like that easier than others, it's now being portrayed as like, well, this is what we should look like. But it's like, hold on, we're basically putting forward superhero physiques as the gold, as the standard for your average general population. And it's like, have a little bit of a step back. And social media is the crux of nearly swore then. Social media is the crux of this all. And it is, excuse my French, a shit show because it is pushed like, if you open your app, Hayden, and you go to like your explore page, how much will you see if you scroll through a few reels, you'll eventually see someone in insane shape and it's got likes and everyone's like, you know, you know, it's just people are like, I want to look like that. I want to look like that. Yeah. Do you know, it's really, really interesting. Um, I was talking to someone who coaches men a couple of years ago, right? So just like you were saying, so you, you see advertisement everywhere. It's like you go, you'll, you'll always see um, on supplement brands, a jacked guy with an eight pack, basically promoting the supplement. Like you'll never see an overweight person. A six pack's not even good enough. No, now. it has to be an eight pack now. <laughs> um, and what's really funny, right, is because we all follow societal norms of like what's, what's like relevant, right? However, going back maybe like three years ago, there was a summer, there was a craze where the dad bod was the thing. A dad bod yes. was like was was like was like the Bring new sexy, yeah. Bring it back. What's really interesting <laughs> is this guy was telling me his revenue actively dropped in that phase because men all of a sudden now weren't interested in like getting lean or like looking good because the new trend was having a dad bod. So this is just goes yeah. back to like societal norms of what you're saying is like what we expect things should be doing. So men started actively thinking, oh women now perceive dad bods as being sexy. I need to go and get a dad bod. Um, whereas yeah. like the majority of the time it is very much like, okay, you can see all of these skinny influencers mm. promoting these products, whatever. It's like how I should look. Yeah. Yeah, mate. It's so, yeah, it's so true as well. And like it, it, from those of you like Haynes done it, I've done it right back in 2017 was when I did it properly. And I, I was meant to a photo shoot, but I never did it. I bailed. <laughs> but, I got lean, got a six pack, was was going to do a photo shoot. I kid you not, if I wanted to stay like that and stay that lean, I can't tell you that one, the effort that it took to get there, it was pretty much six months. I think out of six months, I ate the same meal every single day, apart from two of those meals I had different. Out of six months, I was doing 40 minutes of cardio, five days a week. I think my steps were at about 20,000. I was digging in hard. I think my rest days were like 1,600 calories. My training days were like 21, maybe, maybe 20, uh, 2,000, 2,100. It took a lot of effort. And if I was to maintain that and walk around the six pack all year round, I would have to constantly be very food aware. I'd have to consistently keep my output up, probably consistently do some cardio to make sure I was burning enough so I could still eat enough to like keep my performance up. It isn't easy getting a six pack. Some people, yes, are genetically gifted and they will naturally have one. They will naturally have lean physiques. We all know these people. Everyone's like, oh, they have a fast metabolism. Well, that's not actually the case. Most people's metabolism don't vary that much. And people that are overweight have, uh, Hayden talks about this a lot, have a, a faster metabolism because they're bigger. 
right? They're a bigger human being. They therefore are more energy needing than someone who's smaller, right? But to walk around like that is actually unrealistic because for the majority of us, it takes a lot of effort to stay lean all year round. But even professional people who do physique shows, they don't stay lean all year round because it requires massive sacrifice unless you are genetically predisposed to being quite lean all year round. And just kind of going over about how like past experiences and things, the struggle with the self-belief, right? When it comes to weight loss is like, you have failed so many times for like some women that I talk to have literally been doing this for like 30 years. And you're like, imagine if you kept doing something for 30 years and you kept failing. I'm not surprised your self-belief is, is an absolute shit showing in the guts because if you keep failing at something, I mean, I always say sometimes, and I don't know about you, Hayden, but I sometimes I'm like, you know what? If you've been doing this for 20 years and you still haven't given up and you keep trying, hats off. Hats off that there's still that little part of you that has that tiny, weeny, weeny little bit of belief that maybe this is achievable. Because if you were to do something over and over again for 20 years, if you, if I was to say to you, right, Hayden, you're going to do this something for 20 years and you're going to keep failing at it, you'd be like, absolutely not. Whereas some women have literally 10, 20, 30 years been struggling with this and failing. No wonder you struggle with self-belief because you've got so many votes against this being possible for you that it, that it must be true, right? And this is where kind of it ultimately comes down to you failed so many times. You're like, well, why is this time going to be any different? So you lack this self-belief. But there's also this fear of failure, right? If you don't give it 100%, I always say this to clients, if you don't give it 100%, there's a part of you that when you fails, that it can then say, well, actually, I didn't give it 100% anyway, so it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's part of you that almost like saves your ego from being like completely hampered because you're like, if I didn't give it 100%, then because you, one, you don't fully believe it's achievable and you, you think it's going to be like everything else. You never go in fully 100%. If you don't commit 100%, that's where you're falling short anyway. But also if you don't commit 100% when it doesn't work, you're like, ah, well, I didn't give it 100% anyway. So you then are already pre-framing consciously or subconsciously that you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's so common. And it's like, this happens without people even like realising that they're doing it. Because <laughs> prime example, right? Let's use counting calories. So counting calories is kind of like the golden standard that you've got for like weight loss. It's you knowing your energy in your intake is, is going to be like, is so vital for like your success. Do you like, do you have to? No, absolutely not. You can like take conscious actions to lower your calories without counting them and put yourself in a deficit. But by counting them, you can a hundred percent assure. However, I honestly have like, I've been working with some people before that have told me the reason why they actively haven't been counting their calories is because they don't actively want to know how many calories that they're consuming. And if they fail with this weight loss progress, well, they don't know to the extent of how much like the calories they, they were consuming anyway. So they didn't really fully go all in. It was just like a conscious effort to try and reduce some calories, which is mad. If you think about it, it's like, imagine there being a pot of a million pounds on the other side of the lake and you know that you just need to create this boat you need to do this process you do this thing to get there and you can have a million pounds but you don't want to do it it's mad yeah yeah really bad analogy and, there but. you know man no, no, i get it i get it i get it and i know with regards to yeah it, it is tough and 
it leads to kind of, and this is one thing, and I know I kind of highlighted this for Hayden, but I'll just kick it off. Is like when you lack self belief, you then start to one take actions for the person that you place the identity of your. So, so basically, if you lack self belief, you don't believe that you can achieve this, right? So, what happens if you believe that you are someone that can't achieve can't achieve weight loss? Will you take on that as an identity? In comes things such as self-sabotage, right? You start to sabotage your results. You start to talk negatively about yourself. And then therefore any consistency goes out the window and you can't achieve this. Like self-sabotage is something that we see all the time. And I heard this on a podcast and it's so true. You don't self-sabotage because you don't want it. There's actually consciously or subconsciously, there's a little part of you that actually doesn't want to achieve the weight loss or create this new version of you because it's happy where you are. Where you are now, albeit as a horrible place as it is, you don't like it, you know, you've got aches and pains, can't keep up with the kids out of breath running upstairs, have clothes in abundance, covering up your arms, wearing dresses that are slightly more flaily so they don't show off your stomach. All of the things that I hear on a daily basis from calls, there is still a part of you that is comfortable where you are because it's familiar. And as human beings, we like safety. We like things that are easy to us, that sometimes don't require effort. And that is the truth is that we self-sabotage because there is a part of you, whether you know it or not, that is happy where you are because it's comfortable and it's familiar. Yeah. So here's a really interesting story of one of the clients that um, we kind of broke down to the exact thing you're talking about there, where she kept seeing some success, but then kept self-sabotaging her success, regressing backwards. And we kept going through like the same cycle. So we started to really like break this down through her and, and, and talk about this further. One thing that we really identified, right? And this is away from actually like the actions that she was doing is she was in her group. She was, whether her group thought it or whether she was just telling me this, she was like the fat one in the group that she would tell me. She was like, I was the fat one in the group. But what she had actually done is really, is she's labelled an identity to herself inside of that group. And what we realised together, and she was the one that came up with this, that actually she was concerned because she's got this identity in the group. She's seen as like the overweight, bubbly one that's always jokey, takes the piss out of themselves. As soon as she lost weight, she'd lose that identity, which she feared she'd lose her friends. Because if she lost her friends and she was no longer the fat one, she wouldn't be um, she wouldn't be wanted as a part of that group because she doesn't offer something to them. So she was self sabotaging because she was scared of the of losing the identity she had created and losing her friends, which is mad, right? Is absolutely crazy. Yeah, hold on one second. Neighbours are literally mowing outside of the house. You keep talking for a second, Aiden. I need to shut this window because we've got some background noise on the mower. I can't hear anything. I can't hear anything. Um, so, yeah, it's... It, and you may be listening to this as well and you may actually res resonate with that story a little bit of, like, you are obviously consciously not, like, self... Like, it's not one of the things you actively do. So the cycle isn't, oh, okay, I have this identity of being overweight my friends will hate me if I'm not overweight, so I'm not going to do this. It doesn't work like that. You don't just suddenly say to yourself, oh no, I'm going to self-sabotage because I want to continue being the fat person. It doesn't happen like that. But it's just small individual things that, you know, you you're, you subconsciously do, um, mm. which will move towards that direction. And one of the tasks that I actually got her to do 
was go to her group of friends and say, what do they love the most about you? Like, what is the thing that all of your friends... I was like, if you're like a real... And obviously, you know, it would be a bit random if she just went to the groups being like, hey, you know, can you tell me what you think of me? So she went individually to the, to the group. <laughs> What's up? Give me your five favourite things about Yeah, me. and she was like, oh, I'm just doing a little bit of research, blah, blah, blah. Um, like, openly and honestly, I know we're like, we're, we're good mates and very jokey, but in your honest opinion, like, what, like, what is your opinion of me and all of this? It had, of course it was the case, but every single one of her friends, no one even mentioned, right, being anything about like being bubbly, overweight. It was all things about, oh, I love how you're always there for me if I have an issue. Um, yeah. It was just nothing to do with what she had associated, the reason why her friends loved her. Because she thought her friends loved her because she could take the mick out of herself and all of that. Not one of them mentioned that. Not one of them said that. Mad, isn't it? So and this is the, again, it comes down to like these assumptions, right? We just assume that this is the way. So when it comes to weight loss, it impacts it massively, right? We've just kind of gone through those things. The reason as to why we struggle with self-belief is because we struggle with societal pressures, media influences, but also these unrealistic expectations have been set, um, you know, over time. But then also your past experiences, you failed, right? Over and over again. So why is now going to be different? It then causes us to simply self-sabotage. We're inconsistent and you know how many of you listen to this have, have talked to yourself how you would never want someone to talk to you or talk to themselves right we all do it you, you kind of beat yourself up and and it's to be expected right it, it isn't that we're sitting here saying like you know so it's like self-belief lacking self-belief is totally normal i think it weight loss especially is so geared up for you to have a lack of self-belief through failures through social media, through just everything that kind of goes on and around in the fitness industry and life, you know, especially from a young age, how many of us can say that, you know, we used to always see mum, like mums on a diet, body checking themselves, being aware, constantly being conscious of this, that and the other. Like there's so many things that make us aware of all these, these, these issues. So without further ado, what we want to do is we want to talk through without five ways to actually overcome. Without further ado here, we want to talk about five ways to overcome self-belief. That's a really bad Irish accent. Um, anyway, so practical ways to overcome self-belief because you know what we're all about. What about practicality and giving you something that you can take away and implement. So here are five ways that you can help in regards to overcoming a lack of self-belief and we'll take it in turns. So number one is self-compassion and positive self-talk. How many of you talk so negatively to yourself beat yourself up and treat yourself like a piece of dog poo when you fail. All of us, right? At some point have done it. We need to stop that first and foremost, right? The words that you tell yourself, right? You wouldn't say what you say to yourself because you know the impact that it have on someone else. It is no different to you telling yourself. They are still words, right? Your vocal cords still make noises, whether that's someone else telling you or you telling yourself, it still has the same impact and you still receive it in the same way in regards to not feeling great about yourself. So a way to overcome that is to actually emphasize the importance of treating yourself with kindness and understanding and using self-compassion, right? Be good and be kind to yourself. All of my clients, if they have very, very high stress in regards to like their weeks, one thing I literally tell all my clients to do is do something for you 
every single day. I'm like, when you finish work, I want 10 minutes of you time, whether that's just have a bath, whether that's go for a walk, whether that's just listen to your favorite song in the car, whether that's just do some meditation, whether that's just read a book. I want you to kind of remove yourself and be kind to yourself. Maybe once a week you do something bigger. You book in to have a manicure, book in to have a pedicure, you book in for a drink with a friend, you book in to go to your favorite restaurant, whatever it might be. The other thing is obviously self-talk. You have to shift the way that you talk to yourself. How you overcome your lack of self-belief, instead of telling yourself that you can't do this, you're a failure, you're useless, switch it. Start to uh, talk to yourself positively in a positive manner. Believe in yourself. Tell yourself, I can do this. I am worthy. One thing I also get a lot of my clients to do is to write down every single day three things that they did well today that's, that's, that were votes for future them right? What are three things I did today that is a vote for future me? Because if you realize every day, you don't need to be 100% better. It's like 1% better every day equals 365 over the year, right? But if you can positively reaffirm to yourself that, okay, cool. What is even two things I did today, which are a vote for future me once I've lost the weight to lead a healthy, active lifestyle. And when you find yourself, you're four times, did you know, you're four times more likely to remember bad things than good things. So if ever you feel yourself or listen to yourself in your head talking negatively about yourself, I want you to stop yourself in that moment. Say you're, oh, you went over your calories, stop. Okay, I went over my calories, but it was one day, I'm not going to put on body fat. I've been doing really well. And actually over the past few days, I've made some great decisions. So one day doesn't matter. I'm going to keep moving forward. The difference in how you talk to yourself, how that's responded, and therefore then your response in situations is going to be different. If you think and you tell yourself that you're a piece of crap and that you can't do this, you're useless, you're lazy, you don't want it enough, your actions are going to follow that. Your responses are going to follow that. Your emotions are going to follow that. You shift the change that you can do this. You will do this. The only way that you're not going to do this is if you quit, you're going to make mistakes, but you can keep going. I guarantee that your actions and your responses and your emotions around weight loss are totally going to shift. So the first one is practice self-compassion. Be kind to yourself. Treat yourself with kindness. Talk to yourself in a positive manner. That's going to shift your belief that you could achieve this rather than telling yourself every day. You can't, you're useless, you're lazy and beating yourself up. Remove it. If you find yourself doing it, switch it on the spot write it down. Okay, these are what I was thinking. Right, what's the actual truth? I'm not lazy. Actually, I just didn't manage to get to the gym today because something come up. You see what I mean? You want to counteract any negative self-talk that comes It's just like reframing, isn't it? Like, it's so important of... um, So it's like saying, so many people I hear being like, oh, I've ruined my diet today because I ate a donut. And it's like, well, you know, did you just buy one individual donut? They're like, no, I bought a bag of 12. I'm like, well, why don't you say to yourself instead, I only ate one donut out of the bag of 12. And like, that's a completely different perspective and mind shift, isn't it? From going to thinking, oh, I've had a, I've had a donut, I've ruined my diet, to thinking I only had one diet, uh, one diet, I only had one donut out of the bag of 12, which is actually amazing because for anyone to have self-restraint of, tw- of, of a bag of 12 donuts to only have one donut is good. So all of a sudden you've gone from feeling that's really, really bad to something that's actually quite positive. And remember, like there's no food yeah. in the world that makes you fat anyway. So it's like, make that work with your calories and you're all good. Um, yeah, too true. Cool. So the second practical tip that we want to go through is like setting realistic goals. Like this like, is so, so, so important. I can't stress this enough to you. Think about the New Year's resolution, right? This is the absolute classic where you have... A goal that I'm going to lose weight, probably 80% of the population sets weight loss as their New Year's resolution. So you set this goal as I'm going to lose weight. Now, your current expectations of weight loss is you need to now go to the gym every single day. 
sometimes even multiple sessions a day. You need to then cut out sugar. You need to cut out alcohol. You can't go eat out of your friends. You've got to eat chicken, broccoli and rice. You've got to basically put your social life on pause. Everything becomes so much harder, right? Now, some people do this and some people are maybe successful for a week. Some people may be successful for two weeks. But the reason why there is a high, a very, very, very high weight loss failure rate with New Year's resolutions set is because it isn't realistic to them and their goals. So what they've gone and set themselves is so unrealistic that it's actually not achievable for them to do long term. It's not attainable. So instead of trying to think about all of being perfect and trying to um, set goals that you'd ideally like to do, you've got to make sure it suits you, your lifestyle and your personal preferences as well. Of course, I'm all for setting goals that are slightly uncomfortable, that make you work a little bit, but it has to be realistic because what you have here is your expectations of the results that you should get going back to societal norms, right? Your expectations, what society tells you you should get, you have them up here. So this is your weight loss expectations, but you have reality down here. Well, if you're striving for expectations, but it's actually not possible and your reality is down here and you're constantly not hitting the expectations, you feel like a sense of failure. You are far more likely to quit because there's friction that's caused in the middle. So you always need to make sure your expectations and reality are aligned together. So that's setting practical goals. So if you're currently someone that doesn't do any kind of workout, adding in one workout, body weight at home for 15 minutes a week is better than nothing at all. That is progress. That is setting an achievable goal because everyone has 15 minutes once a week in the day where they could do a circuit of 10 body squats, press ups against the wall, um, random exercises, right? It could be anything. Now, you might also be someone that currently has no awareness to what your steps are a day. So it might just be like, do you know what? For week one, I'm just going to track my steps. I don't care what my step number is. I'm just going to track my steps every single day. That is a realistic goal. That is practical because all you need to do is either put your phone in your um, in your pocket, get a smartwatch. It's achievable for everyone to do. And then your next goal from that is like, okay, I know I'm doing on average 2,000 steps a week. Can I do 3,000 next week? And you're just setting these small incremental steps. Because guess what happens when you you set realistic goals? Well, you can start to stack those votes in your favour when you achieve them. Now, I don't want you to set something that is you're already currently doing. You don't want to be setting goals as like, so let's say, for example, you already do 4,000 steps and you're like, okay, I'm going to set myself a goal to do 4,000 steps because you're already doing it. It's already very, very easy for you. You want to be just striving a little bit further. But once you start to then achieve that, you have that sense of... Um, success. And remember what happens. Action drives motivation. People think motivation drives action. Action drives motivation. Because when you start to do these actions, you start to have that uh, that sense of success. Everyone loves that feeling of success. They don't want to regress backwards. So you are far more likely to continue to do the thing you're doing. So you need to make sure that all of your goals that you set are realistic. They suit you, your lifestyle, your personal preferences, and it's not a huge friction for you to achieve it because you are then going to start stacking wins in your favor and you are far more likely to continue down the trajectory of the successful place that you want to get to. Boom, love that. Good chat. Good chat, sir, Rolf. Number three. So two is set realistic goals. Number three is embrace progress, not perfection. 
right? How many times do you think that your weight loss journey is going to be perfect? I'm here to tell you it's not, right? One thing that I've said recently is imagine instead of thinking this is going to take you 12 weeks, it's going to take you 12 months. How much more relaxed do you feel if you go over your calories? How much more relaxed do you feel if you go out for a social event, right? This is what you've got to understand is like you're never going to have the perfect six months to work on your weight loss goals. And if you're there waiting for it to happen, it's never going to arrive, right? And that's why you keep failing is because you're searching for perfection. As soon as something comes up, you can't be perfect. You literally throw in the towel and you're like, oh, well, too hard. What you've got to do is you've got to realize you have to learn how to dance in the rain. If you're out there thinking about starting or you've put off starting, it's, like, oh, it's just not the right time. There is no right time. Yesterday was the right time. Last year was the right time. If that isn't the right time, now's the right time. You've just got to get started and you've just got to work on making progress. Not every day is going to be successful. If you take 30 days, even if five of them are a complete write-off and you're like, God, I didn't even hit my calories. I don't know what I was doing on that day. A fair few old habits come in. That's five. That literally is like... 15%, right? It's about 15 to 18% of your whole month. So what? And think of it like this. This is where you've got to take a step back and have this 3,000 foot bird's eye view is that like you're there worrying about like five days, right? One, one to two days a week of it not necessarily going 100% your way. That's fine. That's normal. No one's weight loss journey is perfect. Absolutely everyone makes mistakes, has bumps in the road. What you do is it's ultimately like going on a journey and you you want to have this perfect drive from like England down to south of France. It's going to take you like nine hours, right? And you're like, I want it to be the perfect journey. I'm going to set up at the perfect time, get the right ferry when it's going to be quiet or Eurotunnel, and then I'm going to have this perfect journey down there. You hit a bit of traffic. What you do is you stop, you drive back home, and you're like, that, ah, that ah, didn't work, and start again. No. Like you don't care when you get to south of France and you've got a cold Cronenberg in your hand sitting by a swimming pool. That's how you got to think. Doesn't matter whether it takes you nine hours. Doesn't matter if it takes you 12 hours. Doesn't matter if you have to do an overnight stay because something went really bad and you got a puncture. You're going to get to your destination. It doesn't matter how long it took. That's how you want to think about this. This is just a journey. Every time you stop and you quit, it's ultimately like you're stopping and quitting and you're going back home on the journey to your holiday. You wouldn't. If your flight gets delayed, you don't think, come on kids, we're going back home again. We'll try and go on holiday next year. You don't do that, right? And it's just like this. You want to embrace progress by actually seeing mistakes as a chance to learn as well. If something doesn't go your way, don't see it as that you're a failure and that you can't do this. You can do this. See every mistake as an opportunity to reflect and redirect on what you're doing. If you went over your calories, why? Why do you go over your calories? Is there anything you could do differently next time? If you went out for a social event, you overconsumed. Okay, what happened? Why did that happen? Do you need to put some practical things in place to help manage social situations better? Is that why? Celebrate every milestone. People want this perfect journey because they want to go to the outcome goal, right? But actually, rather than, hey, this is a lot, rather than think about wanting to lose the 20 kilos, think about losing that first kilo. Work about it, right? Okay, cool. What can I do to achieve that first kilo? Well, I can hit my calories, hit my steps. What are your daily things that are going to lead to that first kilo? Once you hit that first kilo, awesome. Celebrate, high five yourself. Be bloody proud of what you just achieved. Let's work on the second kilo. Eventually, you'll get to that 20 kilo. But what people do is they try and wait for this perfect like three, four, five, six months when they don't have any social events and that kids are back at school so it's a lot less stressful these are all excuses that I've had when we've talked about coaching with people and I'm literally like there's no right time to start this because when you kids go back to school you go back to work and then ultimately you're now stressed with work instead of the kids life is stressful we all have stresses it's learn about navigating it if you're sitting there debating whether coaching is right for you my answer to that is this if you can navigate the hardest times 
in life and be successful when the times are easy? How much of a breeze is that going to be? And do you think you're going to be successful in the hard times on your own or with a coach and someone guiding you, giving you support and accountability? Boom. Embrace progress, not perfection. <laughs> Mike out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also <laughs> really important to have accountability. Like this is what, this is one of the other um, action steps we're giving is, is having accountability. Now, having accountability doesn't necessarily need to be having an expert or a coach in your corner. Like, yes, that is only going to fast track your success and make your success more inevitable. But even just by having like a family member, having a friend, someone to be there. Now, one of my clients, um, she absolutely smashes her steps every single day. And the reason that she does that is because she has, um, her and her friend have set up a little um, thing together where they they live relatively close and after work, they go on a walk together every single day. Now, it's not about them going and doing this walk while them getting their steps in. But what she says more than anything is she was like, by just having her friend there that knows she's on her own personal journey, she was like, I feel bad now not turning up and doing the steps because I feel like I'm letting her down. I feel like she's less likely to turn up and do the steps. So it's no longer just about herself, it's about someone else, which is actively giving her accountability to turn up every single day, even on those days where she doesn't want to do it. Now, here's a really interesting thing. Like her friend's probably doing exactly the same thing. Her friend is probably thinking, oh, I don't want to let my friend down, so we turn up. So this is the power of accountability. Like you no longer just feel like it's about yourself. So many of my clients always say in their check-ins, the reason that they love this program so much, um, aside from the results, is the accountability that they achieve, the accountability that they receive, sorry. It's having someone there to turn to. It's having somewhere where even if they don't necessarily need it right now, it's something for them to be able to have accountability to turn up for every single week. That's why they submit their check-ins. I've got some of my clients that are just crushing it every single week with zero struggle. And it could be very easy for them to just not check in and be like, yeah, hey, all's the same, all's good. But by them turning up to those check-ins every single week and just being like, things are great, this is what I did, this sort of thing, it's just that added accountability that they need. So accountability is everything. And I say this through all walks of life, not just um, not just literally like weight loss in itself. Think about, um, think about your job, think about paying your bills and all of those things. We get letters and reminders. They're the accountability that we need to pay our taxes. We, um, are, we all have managers. Well, most people have managers unless you're self-employed, but most people have managers and those managers are there to hold you accountable, right? Because if you're, imagine if you were working in a job and your manager was like, oh, do you know what, I don't even care if you turn up or not, you probably wouldn't turn up. Like, it would probably be very easy for you to bail. But because you know they're there and you know there's a high chance that you're probably going to get sacked if you stop turning up to work, because you have that accountability of someone making you go, you turn up, you make money. Well, the same works with weight loss, right? It's like having that accountability of someone to be there to help you out of the steps, to help you manage your calories, to make sure you stay on track, it's going to be vital for your success. And the final point. Yeah, man. With everything we need accountability, don't we, whatever it comes to, because it's very easy to procrastinate and, and not do things. But also, who doesn't like a bit of external validation, a bit of a telling, you did well, well done, high five. Um, also, it's quite quite... Quite a good little community down here where I live, right? This this woman down where near we live, she always mows at her friend, her two friends' lawns. 
I love always that. Always sit out there. She mows her own little front lawn and she mows the two I've friends. I've always lawn. said that, yeah, right? Yeah, it's quite sweet. So, sorry, just Lost. on that point. I've never really understood no, why. <laughs> I, so, you say if it, if we've got down our road, you've got neighbours and they haven't got a fence there, but <laughs> they obviously they must not like each other or there must be some sort of feud going on there because one of them, I always see one side of the grass higher than the other. And the other day I saw him out there and he was mowing up to the line. And I was like, but I'm not even joking. The patch of grass is probably the size of this room, which is not a big room that I'm in right now. It's probably the size of this room. Like it's very, very, very small. And I'm like, it probably take it, it probably takes you an extra two minutes just to do that as well. Like, I'm sure they can return the favour when they do their side. But yeah, it's just, they just don't do it. I'm like, you must hate each other. It's it's just mind boggling, and especially when the it's such a small thing, but it goes it goes a long way. It's just weird. People are weird. People are strange, man. Do a bit more for your neighbours. You know, help each other out in the world. Life's too short. So the last one is visualization and affirmation, right? Might sound a little bit hoo ha, but what it is is like visualize you at your destination. Right. This could be closing your eyes and visualize it. I personally say, you know, get a pen and paper and write down what it would look like when you achieve your goal. Right. Visualize it. Write it down. What is all the good things that are going to come by you achieving your goal? Because you can read it and remind yourself and believe that this is all going to be achievable. Write down how much you're going to lose. Write down the date. Write down what you look like, what you're wearing, what you're feeling, how your confidence is, how your self-esteem is. It's great to then reread that and be like, yes, this is why I'm doing it. You get excited. You then start to keep that inner belief, that positive self-talk and that positive mindset and re- reinforce like this self-belief. Like I was saying earlier about the affirmations at the end of each day. Remind yourself each day the two things, two things that you did today that were positive choices towards your goal. Because that way you're finishing every day on a positive note. You're going to be kind to yourself. It's practicing that. But also you're reaffirming that actually you did make two opportunities today. You made two choices for votes for future you. So get a pen and paper. Write down what the future would look like. Write down what it's going to be like to feel like, what it will look like, right? When I'm on calls, I always say to clients when I'm on calls, right, I get them to think about their why and and start to visualize. And I always say, Okay, if we were sitting down with a cup of tea, cup of coffee, three months time, what would you like that to look like? Not only how much weight you'd like to lose, but paint me a picture. You know, what would you be wearing? How would you feel your confidence? Describe yourself. It's so important to visualize that, to use that as a powerful driving tool as well, to believe that you can achieve it. So write it down, read it, practice positive affirmations of what you've done. You know, at the end of the day, at the end of the week, write down everything that you did well this week that were all votes that are going to help move you closer towards that big goal. And I guarantee it's just stacking votes for you, isn't it? It's just reaffirming to you that what you're doing is all votes for like future you, the person that you want to become. And it's reminding yourself that you are doing well. I think so often it's quite easy for the end of the day or the end of the week, us to just think about all the negative stuff, right? As I said, it's four times more likely to remember the negative stuff rather than the positive stuff. If you write things down at the end of the day or write things down at the end of the week, check in with yourself and reaffirm that actually you did make choices towards future you. You have made progress. You are doing really well. You've managed to do these things. You know, I always say to our clients when they say, oh, I went away, it was a shit show, right? I'm like, okay, you went away, you think it's a shit show. Why? I bet there's two things at least that you can write down that you didn't do six to 12 months ago that you did on this holiday. And they're like, well, yeah, I did this and I did this. Actually, there's probably about five things. And I'm like, so therefore, 
make sure that you're reaffirming to yourself that you are changing into the person that you want to become because you there have just stacked five votes for future you that you wouldn't have done six months ago if you went on this holiday. Yes. Does that make sense? Awesome stuff. So to kind of round this episode up, because it is quite long, I don't want to talk too much more. Lack of self-belief comes from failures, social media. Now, unfollow people on social media that don't serve you. Forget about your failures, right? Don't see them as failures. See them as lessons learned. Think about them in regards to, okay, why do you think you failed previously and what lessons can you take from it? The five ways that we've given you, which are outlined here, are practice self-compassion and positive self-talk. Be kind to yourself, right? Set things every single week to give some time for you and remind yourself that you're worth the effort. You've done really well and keep going, moving forward. As Hayden said, set realistic goals, right? Don't set things that are unachievable. Set things that you can achieve. Break it down to these little small process goals. These things that you know that if I do this, 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 this each day, I will then be able to be successful. Embrace progress, not perfection. Realize you're going to make mistakes, but as long as you learn from the mistakes that you make, you're going to keep making progress, right? There's never going to be the perfect time. The perfect time is now. Start and get involved. Number four is seek support and accountability. So make sure that you've got a support system, whether it's a coach, whether it's friends, family, involve people, right? WhatsApp group, a Facebook group. The positivity of having people that are on the same journey as you, supporting you, but having accountability to make sure that you show up for yourself is really valuable. And number five is visualization and affirmation. Visualize you at your goal, write it down, paint that picture and reaffirm at the end of the day or the end of the week, all the things that you did well that were votes for future you and as to what you did that is going to help you get to this goal. And I guarantee you do those things. You'll be very, very, very confident in your ability to achieve this. Now go out there, take the actions, crush it. Let's crush. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, Bye team. See ya.